Well, hello, everyone. My name is JB with NBW Ministries, proclaiming the clear, accurate, and urgent gospel message from my studio beneath the sky tucked away under the tall timbers of Colorado. Thank you so much for joining us on this special Thanksgiving edition of the NBW Podcast. It is Thursday, November 23rd, 2023, Thanksgiving Day. And about two or three weeks ago, as I was thinking about our schedule and looking ahead at the calendar, and I saw Thanksgiving Day, I thought, well, do I just take a break? Do we just kind of not post anything that day? But the Lord put on my heart uh, that it's an opportunity for me to share what I'm grateful for. And I started thinking about all the people that have uh, really crossed my path through the years on our journey that have been a blessing to me and Wendy and our family. And one of my dearest friends in the world uh, came to mind, uh, Paul Van Noy. And uh, Paul Van Noy, if you don't know, I'll introduce him here in just a moment, but he's up in Coeur d'Alene, pastors a large church up there, very active in the community, uh, looked to in the Christian community there in that city as really a, a leader among leaders. And uh, I've had the privilege of knowing Paul for I think it's coming up on 15 years now, and uh, uh, he's graciously allowed us to to come up there and fill the pulpit numerous times. He's hosted conferences, and he's just become a very dear friend. One of those guys that just always encourages you. He uh, he loves to talk about the Word of God and have theological and biblical uh, discussions. And uh, so, anyway, I'm really delighted that he's going to be with me today, just to talk about a grateful heart and and all that that. Uh, entails, and I'll let him share a little more of his testimony in a moment. But to kick us off, I want to, as always, go to the Word of God, Colossians chapter 3, verse 15, this uh, prison epistle uh, from uh, Paul, written under house arrest, uh, roughly 60, 62 AD, some, somewhere around that time frame. And he says in verse 15, let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which you also were called in one body. And then almost as an addendum, he adds these words, and be thankful, and be thankful. And so much in the Word of God about being thankful. You know, we could think about the children of Israel and Psalm 100, enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Uh, again and again, the Bible calls us to be thankful, most of all for his indescribable gift of salvation, the grace of God. So undeserving are we, and yet God in his amazing love uh, helped rescue us from a predicament we got ourselves in. He he sent his eternal son, our Savior, to the earth to die on the cross for our sins. He rose again the third day, defeating death, hell, and the grave, and he now offers freely to all the gift of eternal life. That's grace. That's an amazing gift, and above all else, that's what we should be thankful for. But as we abide these, these, this earthly realm waiting for the return of the Lord or waiting for that time when we go the way of all flesh, we have so much uh, to be to be thankful for. And so that's what I want to talk about, Pastor Paul Van Noy, about. A quick reminder that uh, you can check out all of our podcasts at notbyworks.org or wherever you listen to podcasts. So if you listen on Apple, Spotify, Google, Pandora, you name it, we're on all of them. Just search for Not By Works Ministries. Uh, you can subscribe. And every time we post, which is usually every day, Monday through Friday, you'll get a notification. Uh, while you're on our website, be sure and sign up for our newsletter. That's how you can stay in touch with all of our new content. Twice a week, we send out a newsletter with new videos, new podcasts, new uh, free material. Our online store has a free section. Uh, you know, we're all about the free gift of grace. Uh, you know, it's a free grace message. Uh, Paul talks about that in Romans 5. 
Uh, but uh, it is not by works. It's totally free. And so we kind of uh, use that model in all that we do. And that includes a section on our online store of free materials. So you you don't need a credit card. You do have to put it in your cart and, and check out and we'll email you the stuff, but all kinds of great resources there. We just posted another uh, preparedness document to, uh, to go along with our NBW preparedness guide uh, just recently, but some doctrinal stuff, some articles, check all that out. And of course, if you want to uh, purchase books or DVDs or streaming video, that kind of thing, you can do that as well. Well, let's get to it. It's uh, Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. I hope that you are focusing on, on all that you have to be thankful for. And I am so thankful for you, my dear friend, Paul. Welcome to the program. Well, thank you, JB. It is a joy to be with you. It's always a joy to be with you. Well, you have been such a blessing in my life, and I don't want this to turn into the Mutual Admiration Society, but uh, truly, uh, you know, you. I remember when we first met, um, you know, I was speaking on behalf of Logos Bible Software at a Stealing the Mind conference, and if I'm not mistaken, it was hosted at, at Candlelight, and uh, I remember someone uh, said, hey, the pastor would like to talk to you. He has a couple of questions about Logos. And they took me up this long staircase. I felt like I was, you know, it was a stairway to heaven. I expected to see you in a white robe and a long white the beard. Upper <laughs> the upper room, amen. But anyway, that was the beginning of a great friendship that uh, you've been so gracious to us. We've had the chance to collaborate in ministry uh, many times. But uh, to start with, I'd like you to just take a moment to kind of share a, a, a snapshot of your journey, kind of how you... Uh, came to faith and how you ended up in uh, Coeur d'Alene. And I know we don't have time for you to give the full biography, but just you, I want po folks to get to know you a little bit so they can see why I love you so much. Oh, well, thank you, JB. Love you. Yeah, I mean, my story is like everyone else's. Um, I was raised uh, with a worldview, a biblical worldview. I was raised by Christian parents. My mom died when I was young went through kind of a series of uh, rebellious years and then really surrendered my life to the Lord. The Lord really took hold of me when I surrendered to him. And I say it that way because I think that the Lord is working with us from before the foundations of the world in his divine foreknowledge. And uh, as we are born, he knows us in our mother's womb and he's got a purpose and a plan for us. And so uh, God was definitely at work in my life from very, very young. And you were already a believer by that time, but this is when you just said, I'm going to get serious about my walk with the Lord? Well, yeah. When I was very young, I knew the Lord. I was raised in church, you know, and so as a Sunday school kid and, you know, going to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, having friends and family over all the time talking about the Lord. My uncle was a pastor, so I had a lot of influence for the Lord, but I went through a series of years where I was doubting whether or not the gospel was true, if there was actually a God. I saw a lot of things in the church that a lot of people have seen that none of us really want to see. Mm. But God uses those things, even those things, in our lives to shape and mold us as we develop in his grace. Mm. Amen. And so, um, and then how did you get called into ministry? Well, it's a, kind of an interesting story. I, in the probably in the formative years of my development as a young man, married. Uh, by the way, I've been married 44 years next Friday. And so I'm pretty excited about that. There's something to be thankful for. Amen. Praise God for our wives. Yeah, yes, praise indeed. God. Yep. Indeed. 
But I was in a crisis, and I was really struggling with whether there indeed was a God. And I'm probably going to break into something here that's going to make some people uncomfortable, but I actually had a vision of going to hell. Mm. I don't know if you know that story, JB. You you did tell it to me one time. We were on yeah. a boat, and you were sharing a little bit about that. Go ahead yeah. and share it. Fascinating. Well, it's there's not much to share other than the fact that I was in this very unusual experience. I was asleep. It was a dream, but it was unlike any dream I've ever had before. And I ended up in a situation in my dream where I had an experience with the Lord and with what I believed to be kind of a glimpse into hell. And I realized at that moment during my experience in, in this dream that I was actually in hell and I woke up. Mm. And immediately that started me on a quest for real knowledge and understanding. And I started talking to people. I talked to my dad. I talked to my uncle. I talked to many people that I knew that were people of faith. And it was just a, a, a short time after that that I ended up in a situation where I was on drugs, on alcohol. I was messed up in every possible way. I came home late at night one night. Uh, and my wife was just terrified because I was out of my mind. And so she left uh, that night to go to her dad's house. And they had a prayer meeting for me at their house that night. <laughs> of course, I went to sleep or passed out. You decide. And so uh, I woke up the next morning and all the rage was gone. All the doubts were gone. I just had been almost almost like you would want to say delivered mm. in my sleep mm. from all the demonic activity that was going on in me and all this anger that was wrapped up inside of me. And I felt this sense in, in which the Lord was just calling me. And I remember that very day very vividly. Mm. It was uh, November 15th, 1980. And mm. I woke up that morning and I remember getting up and getting out of bed and talking with the Lord and just saying, Lord, I give my life to you. I'm, I'm surrendering my life to you. Mm. And literally, JB, literally from that very day, my life radically changed, radically changed. Mm. Within three months, I felt called by God into the ministry, started Bible school. And fortunately for me at the time, I was managing, of all things, <coughs> excuse me, and forgive me, my computer is uh, talking to me. I hope yeah, you know. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's okay. Just so long as you don't talk back. Yeah, yeah. Well, you never know with me. <laughs> yeah. So um, I, I was managing a video arcade. I was a young man, uh, probably at that time, well, I guess I was 20 years old. And so for about three years, I was managing a video arcade. And my boss, as long as I was making him money, didn't care what I did. <laughs> and so I spent six hours a day studying the Bible, going through Bible school uh, during my work hours. So I got paid to go to Bible school, which is quite different than uh, what we're seeing today. I don't want to get into that subject because I think we should be investing in our young men to train them to be pastors rather than having them invest in these universities and seminaries to end up graduating with massive debt mm. so that they can go into the ministry and then can't afford to be in the ministry. So anyway, just a sidebar for your listening pleasure. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I decided right away by virtue of the calling of God that I wanted to be in full-time occupational ministry. 
and I was thrust into the ministry. By the time I was 23 years old, I was in full-time ministry, and I've been in the full-time ministry, occupational ministry ever since. So now over 40 years mm. involved in the ministry. And so very, wow. very thankful for the call of God on my life. Well, I want to talk about Candlelight Fellowship here in just a moment, but going back to that to that moment in 1980, so you just celebrated an anniversary of sorts, if it was November, because here we are in November. November 15th, it'll be Thanksgiving yeah. Day. Yeah, yeah, wow. It's the day before Thanksgiving, isn't it? No, no, no so we're, Thanksgiving we're, is, yeah, t- today's the 23rd, Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when this is posting. So, yeah, but amazing how God, you know, gets your attention in so many different ways. And, uh, and uh, you know, as we talk about what we're thankful for, I'm thankful that God saw something in you that, I mean, because it could have gone either way, right? You're 20 years old, man, your life could have looked completely different if yeah. God hadn't gotten a hold of you. And and by the way, I, I've shared a little bit about our story. We I had a similar experience uh in the sense of making bad choices and and ending up in a you know bad place while I was in college. And God also got my attention and it could have gone a pretty bad direction, but he had plans for our lives. Uh and so uh, thank you, thankful, thankful for that. So uh, you're at Candlelight Church, Candlelight Fellowship, and uh, in Coeur d'Alene, uh, uh, one of the largest churches, I think, in, in that area, northern Idaho. Um, and, you know, tell us a little bit, I guess, uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts on what you went through, not to bring up some bad memories, but uh, during the whole COVID thing, you guys were taking a stand, you were out front, you were calling out a lot of the medical tyranny and a lot of the cowardly churches that were worshiping at the altar of government. And uh, you got some national attention. You you frequently gotten national attention because you're not afraid to stand up for the truth. But uh, I can remember that uh, you got COVID, and so did uh, your wife, right? Mm-hmm. You guys were deathly ill. In fact, I came had the privilege of coming, flying in, and, and speaking one of the services while you were in ICU. Uh, but uh, I've always believed not to get conspiratorial, but you know me, it wouldn't be an NBW podcast if I didn't get a little conspiratorial. I've always believed they probably gave that to you because you were so outspoken. But regardless, uh, talk to us about how the Lord walked you through that, because we thought we were going to lose you. Well, let's first talk about the church closing, opening, everything that was going on at that time. And then I'll tell you how I got COVID, or at least I think so. Okay. So obviously when this thing started, nobody knew really what was going on. Even you, JB, right. I think even you at the very beginning, it probably took you a day or two, unlike most of us, three or four weeks. No, no, it, no. in truth, it took me about a couple of weeks like everybody else. I didn't know, is this a real biological weapon that they're trying to kill a bunch of people? Because I know the Luciferians have a long record of killing people. Uh, or is it a legitimate organic thing? But once I began to look into it, like you and others, uh, it became pretty clear uh, what this was all about. Absolutely. So when this first happened, we did, like everyone else, we took a break. We closed the church down for a couple of weeks. I went into our studio and we did some podcast teaching I remember even having communion over the internet, and uh, that was kind of an interesting Sunday. But four weeks later, we reopened, and we started allowing people to come back to church. None of the other churches in town were opening. People were being required to wear masks. We did not require them to wear masks. We did not socially distance. We let people come to church if they chose to. We encouraged them if they felt a little uncomfortable to stay at home, watch online, but we began to fill up again very, very quickly. And so we were open for 
probably a, about a year before I actually got COVID myself. And by this time, people are coming out of other churches. The pastors are afraid and they're thinking, we just have to keep this thing locked down. And so our church really began to grow like a lot of churches that stayed open or reopened immediately we saw churches that sometimes doubled sometimes even quadrupled mm. in size because they were open serving the lord serving the people and so i'll tell you how i got covid um after uh, we had been open for some time and things started to relax some of the other churches that were still now at this point reopening and redeveloping I was asked to come and speak at a men's conference at uh, a campground here north of us by about an hour. It was a group of guys from a rehab ministry, and they asked if I would be their keynote speaker for the weekend, which I decided to go for. <clears throat> I went in and found out that there were some young men there that had just recently been released from our local jail mm. that all had COVID. Mm. Nobody knew this until after the fact, of course, but we're in prayer meetings. We're gathered around in little groups and clusters, and I'm praying with guys after the end of each session. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're in a small circle and everyone's facing each other and we're breathing each other's air. And boy, did I get it. I got COVID and I got it good. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I was in bed for 10 days. We didn't know it was COVID. I just thought we're sick. My wife was sick. We're trying to fend our way through and Finally, one day I lost my smell. I lost my taste. And I said, I think I've got COVID. <laughs> and so even then, there was no hospital. It was just, you know, let's get through it. And uh, I remember looking at my body as we're laying in bed, my wife and I uh, side by side. And I said, my skin looks funny. It's gray. It's something's not right. Mm. And she says, yeah, that's weird. I wonder what that's all about. Well, we didn't bother with it, but occasionally we'd have people that would call and ask how we're doing. And, you know, one of the nurses in our church called and said, uh, how you guys doing? And Brenda happened to mention that our skin, my skin was very dark. And she says, oh, have you all's oxygen? Hmm. So we didn't know even at the time what an oximeter was. And so we didn't have one. She brought one to our house. We texted my oxygen. And I was down in the 70s. Whoa. And so she said, you have to take him to the ER immediately. And so I didn't want to have an ambulance or anything. So we got up and made our way to the car. And Brenda took me to the hospital. We had to call them in advance. They expected me when I got there. And of course, in our community, I'm a little bit high profile. So they're they're coming out to me and they're getting me prepared there to come into the hospital. Tested me, COVID, they saw what's going on. Immediately, I'm in the hospital. 18 days mm. in the ICU mm. in our local hospital. And that was just ridiculous. Mm. Um, they had to have security on my room mm. because people wanted to kill me. Oh, yeah. Uh, some of the yep. hospital staff wanted me dead. Other people were threatening people in the hospital because they were serving me. And I was the, quote, no masker pastor, mm -hmm. the nomenclature that they gave me because we let people come to church yeah. and we required them to wear masks. So they thought I deserved to die. And it was quite, quite crazy. So did they try to put you on a respirator? Oh, I was on everything but yeah. the respirator. Um, yeah. I was on a BiPAP. At the end where they said, look, you're you're going to die. 
uh, we got to put you on a respirator. And I said, no, my wife and I talked about this. I want to be coherent. I want to be able to pray. I want to be able to communicate. And so I said, I'm not going to, I'm not going to allow them to put me on a respirator, but what I do want is time for prayer. Mm. And so by this time, I, I've got this machine on me that's breathing in and out for me, although I'm conscious, it's not, you know, down my throat. And I prayed, JB, and I had a real moment with the Lord, uh, like I've had and like you've had many times in your life. And I said, Lord, if it's my time, I'm ready to go. But mm. if it is not my time, I'm asking you for a miracle. Mm. JB, I will tell you, and I, I'm not really a charismaniac, forgive <laughs> the expression, but not a cessationist, but I'm pretty cautious. Yeah. You know, I prayed and I said, Lord, I really need a miracle. And JB, it was as if the Lord came into that room. Mm. And I had an experience with the Lord where I literally felt the power of God come over my entire body and the Lord healed me. Mm. So my doctor came back in and he looks at the monitors. This is a couple hours later. And he says, what in the world's going on here? And I said, what are you talking about? And he said, uh, your, your numbers, I mean, he's been watching this, this uh, chart go down, 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 all the, all the way down to where, you know, I'm on high pressure oxygen, I can't breathe. And I've got the ventilator off or the, uh, you know, the BiPAP machine off and I'm sitting in my bed and my oxygen's good. Uh, and it's come up radically and he can measure it the way this thing uh, in its motion uh, was measurably uh, showing my healing. Hmm. And he said, something happened right here. And I realized it was at that time when I was praying and I experienced the, the presence of God in a way that I haven't in a long time. Wow. And the Lord healed me two days later, I was out of the hospital. And wow. um, of course, I still had some lung damage. And so I had to have some oxygen for a while. And uh, I'm just thankful. I'm thankful. Hey, Aren't we talking that... about Thanksgiving and the things that we're thankful for? But I'm thankful to the Lord. Mm. I wanted to talk about that with you today. Yeah, A lot of people are thankful for things. And the Bible does say, in everything, give thanks. And as you mentioned from Colossians, you know, we're called to be thankful. But I want us to be focused on the fact that we are to be thankful to the Lord, mm. not just thankful, not just thankful for things. You know, I'm thankful for my marriage. I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful for my kids and my grandkids. I have 10, by the way, now. I wow. think you've got me beat in just kids. Yeah, no, not quite. We have six kids and one granddaughter, but we're, you know, the problem is you're much, 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 much older than me. So you've got a head start. Oh, so. Yes, indeed, <laughs> indeed. But, uh, you know, we are called by God to be thankful to the Lord. Hmm. Give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. His mercy endures forever. I mean, we hear these injunctions throughout the scriptures. So not just thankful today for things, for family, for this celebratory meal that people are enjoying today. Yeah. And yet to be giving thanks unto the Lord. Amen. Our focus is on him. Amen. Yeah. You know, that's a great point. And, you know, James says every good and perfect gift comes down from above. So all of the things that we appropriately are thankful and grateful for, we need to take that next step consciously and recognize 
who's the source of that? You know, God and and give our thanks to Him. But yeah, I mean, I want to reflect on on your journey uh, with with COVID back then too, because a lot of people were praying for you, including uh, our church and my, my family. And again, I was up there during a part of that time. Uh, uh, and you know, we didn't want to lose you. And I, one of the the things that I'm thankful to the Lord for, as you as you pointed out, is that uh, He wasn't through with you. I mean, um, you know, uh, I don't say it enough. I don't call you enough. We're both so busy, but you have just meant the world uh, to me. And you know, we've mentioned uh, many times every time we're up there that uh, Candlelight is our church away from church. We really feel like uh, it's it's where we go to be. Uh, fed to to worship. Your worship is always outstanding. I know you've had various worship leaders through the, all the years that we've known each other, but it's always excellent. Everything you do is excellent. And we just, when we walk in there, we feel the Spirit of God. And that's a reflection, I think, of your sensitivity to the Spirit. So in that moment, when you, when you prayed, and by the way, thank God you didn't get up an get intubated because you'd be dead i mean that's we now know there's all kinds of studies out there that have shown that that's what was killing people above yeah. all else so that's god had his and the remdesivir both yeah and uh so yeah i mean god had his hand on you and i'm just so thankful we've had uh you know you've sharpened my thinking on a lot of uh areas um uh, and by the way, you've got two books that are going to be coming out soon. You've been working on them for years, uh, uh, both of them commentaries, one on Ephesians and one on Hebrews. And uh, I tell you what, when, when those come out, I want to be top of the list to get them because uh, they're going to be right on my shelf whenever I'm studying those pat anything from those books. Um, because, and I've said this to your people before, you know, one of the things I love about you from a, a biblical perspective, your biblical knowledge is you know we may not agree on every every point. I mean, the, there's a lot of theology in the Bible, and no, we don't agree on everything. I know you don't agree with me and Jesus on everything, Paul. But uh, hopefully someday you'll get there. No, uh, it, there's so much theology in the Word of God that, of course, uh, until we all get to heaven, we're going to have different takes on certain things. But every time we have a discussion, you know, you are thoroughly biblical. You're not just parroting what another dispensationalist says or someone else, you are really coming at the text as we all should with a blank slate, connecting the dots, doing basic observation skills with hermeneutics. And consequently, you know, you come up with, with things sometimes that I go, wow, how did I miss that? Or how, how come I never saw that? Or, you know, this is really interesting. Let me think about it. And uh, so just appreciate your work there. Leviticus. Yeah, Leviticus. Yeah, folks, I tell you, it's it's kind of a running joke because for the longest time, every time Paul called, it was a question about Leviticus. How long did were you teaching through that book? A couple of years. Yeah, unbelievable. And I just I got I got to where I started studying Leviticus just to be prepared for Paul's phone calls because I didn't want to look like an idiot. And uh, but uh, I, I learned a lot by uh, you know by extension from from your study of Leviticus. But uh, but anyway, so yeah, so let's uh, so so we're thankful for for your friendship. Thankful the Lord is using you. If folks are ever up in uh, the Pacific Northwest, uh, you know it's worth. Uh, the drive to go over there and worship with the great folks at Candlelight. Tell everybody hello for me, by the way. Um, but, you know, uh, JB, we have a lot of people watching online nowadays. 
So ah. you can always find us on Rumble. Um, I think we're still on YouTube once in a while, but we get kicked off. I think I've got a couple of strikes and they're kind of cautious about putting me out there on YouTube, but we have a Rumble channel, Candlelight, yeah. and uh, candlelight.org is yep. our website. You can go right to the website, get online. We have a lot of people watching online these days that are in places that don't have churches that are teaching the Bible. Amen. And pastors that are, shall we say, um, awake, <laughs> not woke yeah uh, we're not woke right now we want to take a stand on the critical issues of our day marxism's around us surrounding us it's everywhere and the deconstruction of everything we believe in and we have to stand for the truth of the word of god no doubt yeah absolutely yeah we we're the same way we're a smaller church uh, at plum creek than candlelight is but we have easily three to four times the amount of people online than we do in the room and yeah, likewise uh, yeah it's so it's amazing how the lord is allowing the gospel to go out so yeah candlelight.org you can get to their live stream from there we've live streamed you a lot uh, there was a while there when i was teaching on wednesdays at my church uh where i i live an hour from plum creek chapel our not by works offices in our home are about an hour from from there and uh, so I have a commute. So when I would teach on Wednesdays and drive home, since you're an hour earlier than us, I would catch you live streaming and uh, just enjoy listening. I couldn't watch it because it was a, put was, on the heresy filter. You know, <laughs> you know. Oh no! Uh, well, I always do, and believe me, I, I don't have a problem uh, texting or emailing you when I have a question about something that, that you say. But usually, I, I'd say you're you know 99% accurate. You know. <laughs> And that's just because Jesus is the only one that's 100% accurate. Indeed, so. <laughs> indeed, my friend. We're still learning, looking through a glass darkly. Amen. Yeah. So, so brother, I just, I know it's, it's, uh, we're recording this ahead of time, but this is Thanksgiving day. And I know folks are wanting to enjoy time with family. So I don't want to take uh, too much longer, but I just wanted to have you on to, to talk about a thankful heart, uh, to let you know that I'm thankful uh, for you, not by works is thankful uh, for you. Uh, we want to, uh, just uh, say how much we appreciate you. And I wanted to introduce folks to people that that have influenced my life and that I've benefited from. And so uh, we've got a growing audience at NBW Ministries, and I want to encourage folks. You know, uh, Paul is the consummate pastor. He he loves his people. They love him. He's rock solid in the Word of God. He's a, he's a great leader. Uh, he does speak occasionally at conferences, but he's not a, a conference speaker always on the circuit, kind of like I am and others are. So you might not come across him at a you know, at a conference, but he's a guy you need to put on your must listen list. And uh, he's got a lot of great resources. And as soon as those books are ready, uh, if not before, uh, we want to have you back on. Would you be willing to come back on? Yeah, I think I could make an exception. You <laughs> believe it, JB. I love you. I love being with you always. Yeah. Well, you you mean the world. So we'll uh we'll I'm sure we'll get up to the Pacific Northwest in 24 and we'll connect with you on that and try to hook up while we're there. It's always great to see you and Brenda and 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 everybody up there. So tell everybody hello. Happy Thanksgiving, my friend. Any closing thoughts? Yeah, I want us to be thankful for what God's doing in Israel. Yes. Presently, there's a lot of conversation about who's right, who's wrong, what's going on. And look, we do not endorse all the decisions of the present administration or the belief system of Israel today. Right. But what we do know is God has a covenant with Israel, and he will not break that covenant. God has not replaced Israel. There's a future for Israel, mm. and we should be aware of that. And this is something we should be thankful for. 
because God is the covenant keeper. God is the one who makes promises and he never breaks them. We can count on him. Mm -hmm. I always tell people all the time, if God doesn't keep his promise to Israel, we have no confidence in that God. In our God is the only true and living God. He is the covenant keeper. He has made a covenant with Israel. He will fulfill his promises to Israel. And for this, we can be thankful. Amen. And that, you know, even in the midst of all the horrors of what Hamas and some of those terrorists, Hezbollah and Iran are doing, uh, we know God's in control. And it's a reminder that God can be trusted because I mean, here's this tiny little piece of real estate surrounded by Muslim countries, and yet, you know, they're able to, you know, to, to, to survive. God called them back into the land in unbelief in, in 1948, and, he, and, and, he's, and he's got a future for them. So that should sure. remind us that, you know, 2,000 years before Christ, God made a promise to Abraham, and he's keeping that promise. And Amen. he promised you eternal life if you'll believe in him for it, and uh, he's going to keep that promise too. Amen. 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 Right. Grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, according to the scriptures alone, for the, the glory, glory of God alone. God, for the glory of God alone. Amen. Well, happy Thanksgiving, my friend, uh, and happy Thanksgiving, NBW audience. Uh, we've got great podcasts coming up next week. We got Don Perkins on. Uh, he, we were scheduled to have him on earlier in the month of November, but he had something last minute come up. So we've now rescheduled that for the last week of uh, November. I've got uh, David Fiorazzo from Worldview Matters on. I've got a new guest uh, that I can't wait for you to uh, to meet. And uh, and we've got Mondo Gonzalez on, I think, uh, playing an interview with him tomorrow. But anyway, uh, check out our website, notbyworks.org. If we can help with anything, uh, you can reach out to us at 1-800-895-1851. Uh, otherwise, God bless you, everyone. Enjoy the rest of your Thanksgiving day, and we'll talk again soon. God bless you guys. Thanks, Paul.